Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back. We are going to focus on new agents this week. Why new agents? Because here's an interesting fact. Let's see if I can get this right. It's mm-hmm. a bit of a tongue twister, it right? Is. <laughs> 95% of all sales in 60 months will be done by people who do not yet have real estate licenses. Hey, I got it out the right way first time. Good for mm-hmm. me. Yeah, so that is an interesting statistic. It tells you, should not surprise any of you that have been in the business for more than a blink, that the world belongs to the new agent. And more so than ever, there's a record number of agents right now, 1.6 million members of the National Association of Realtors. And do remember that, or you know, do remember or don't forget, that not every agent is a member of the National Association of Realtors. You don't have to be a member of the National Association of Realtors to have a real estate license. And also, that doesn't include people from different countries. And so you're looking at millions and millions and millions of agents around the world but in the United States in particular, we're looking at the high watermark for members of the National Association of Realtors. It's quite amazing. So if you are in the real estate industry and you have been in the industry for a long time and you're wondering, you know, maybe you have people that are asking you how to get into real estate or maybe your children are asking you how to get into real estate, this is the guide. I want you to save this and send this to as many other people as you can because what Julie and I are going to do is give you – You basically it's 15 points – of what agents must do, and they must do correctly the first time. Otherwise, the probability of them failing goes through the roof. Now, why listen to Julie and I about this? <laughs> I'm going to share with you guys a story. Uh, so Julie and I just had our birthdays, and Julie's dad sent us some pictures that he took of us. He did take those pictures, yes. you know, mm-hmm. back when we were – we think that we may have been in real estate for a year. We're not really sure. Well, the, and I put them on Instagram if you guys want to see them. Um and uh, yeah, they're quite revealing because they're Julie and I are wearing baggy clothes that don't fit because in our first year in business, we had to, you know, we didn't have any money. So we were getting our clothes from thrift stores and just it was like a blast from the past. It was, and we looked like maybe we were 12 years old. It's incredible, though. Yeah. But our first year in the business, we sold over 100 homes, 103 homes with our appendings. And that was one home at a time. That wasn't, a, you know, we didn't list the subdivision. There was no, you know, we weren't born on third acting like we had a homer. These were, uh, you know. One seller, one buyer at a time, and a heck of a lot of them. We did not necess- We didn't have some uh, coach, or we didn't have a trainer. We were. We had a few scripts we picked up, mostly um, from. I don't even remember whose they were. Floyd Whitman, I Probably, think. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Expired and for sale by owner. We didn't have any centers of influence. No past clients. None of our uh, parents were successful in real estate. Nothing like that. So Julie and I started at less than zero. We even had, just to even make the story even sound more nostalgic, we even had $40,000, $47,000 in student loan debt. That's right. Which is incredible considering this is over 25 years ago. That yes. was an enormous amount of money. Remember, we were also sharing a car. Yeah. <laughs> so I was thinking about our first transaction. And, I mean, we had a very limited center of influence. And, and our first transaction, it was, it's, it's comical how much was thrown on this deal, Right. So it was our cross-the-street neighbor who was a mutual friend from high school who we're still friends with to today. We, what, we visited Carl on our U.S. tour. Which is hard to believe considering what a horrible transaction that was. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, so picture, if you will, 
a first-time buyer house because we were all living in our little cracker boxes at the time. And let's see. So first listing, Carl was being relocated. So there was a relocation thing attached to it. He had a roof with three layers, which if you guys don't know is against code. He had hydrostatic pressure in his basement, which required $800 I-beams, none of which we had any idea about any of this when we took the listing. Oh, it's worse. You forgot. Uh, and every weekend, he thought it was a great idea to brew beer in his house, thus making it sound like gym sh- or smell like uh, gym socks. Yes, which is easy to do when it's at a total of 726 square feet. <laughs> so uh, let's see. What else do we have? But meanwhile, and this was not a hot seller's market. It was nope. a popular neighborhood of first-time buyer houses, but it was not a hot seller's market. There's plenty of competition. Meanwhile, we held that thing open every single weekend, and I bet you we did at least 15 transactions off that house. We did. Buyer side, seller side. So fast forward, yes, of course we sold it, but it was a dual agency, <laughs> so we threw that on top of it. It was my first closing. I didn't know what you were supposed to do, so I showed up an hour early. I remember I drank probably the entire pot of coffee by myself, and when we got to the closing table, they asked for the termite report, to which I said, why would you want to do that? I haven't seen any termites. <laughs> I didn't know that was required, but luckily I was saved by the closing uh, lady who said, you know what, that's fine. We've got somebody on call that takes care of a lot of these types of situations for us. She knew it was my first closing and totally saved my butt. And so then for the next hour while we were signing documents, I was praying to the real estate gods, possibly the first time I learned to do that, that they didn't find any termites during the closing. That way we could sign off on it. So that was our first experience with our first listing. But I bring that up to to highlight the fact that you listeners can start with listings, that your job is to earn while you learn, and all of that is okay, especially when you have people like us who have your back. You've got great coaches. Hopefully, you've got a good broker situation. We'll talk about that in a second. But you're not in this alone, and you can succeed from day one. The mistake that's very easily made is assuming that, well, you know, Julie and I are telling you guys a story from the 90s, right? The mistake is you assuming that that story is not directly relevant to what's going on in your lives right now. So you're saying technology and Zillow and none of these. So like the internet, when Julie and I, our URL, timandjulieharris.com, we bought, I believe in 1997, they just started selling um, URLs when we bought our name. It was, no one had their own agent website. So Julie and I were one of the first agents, at least in our uh, in Ohio, let alone the United States, to have an agent website. Mm-hmm. We were the, you know, one of the first advertisers. Yes, we were running ads on Realtor.com, but it worked like you cannot believe it was so amazing. Back then it did work. Yeah, they let you put, those of you guys who are, um, you know, know what a hyperlink is, they used to let you run an ad property ad, you know, one of your listings or whatever, of which Julie and I always had quite a few. And they would let you hyperlink off the ad. So you could do a direct call to action off your ad on Realtor.com. We would get, and they let that happen for like months, but the leads, they went, realtor.com went public. Julie and I started saying, well, this is an incredible lead source. This is way before Zillow. Here's what the punchline of all this is. Because of the fact that we did not have so many things to distract us, it probably made it so that we had a better chance of succeeding than many of you. I would agree with that. That's the truth. Now, there was marketing and there was branding and there was building teams and there was all this ego stuff and there was all this, you know, focus. Oh, you only want to do centers of influence and past clients. You want to do this. All the same factions that exist today, they existed then. But the difference is, is that it wasn't you weren't inundated by it. You weren't there was no YouTube. There was no uh, barely an Internet, really. The consumer Internet hadn't even come around yet. So when Julie and I wanted to make money, when we wanted to be successful, 
there was proactive lead generation or there was buying leads, but you bought leads through postcards and marketing and doing Direct things mail. like that. Direct yeah. mail, right. But nowadays, you guys are so – you're at a disadvantage, truthfully, because you have too many options. You turn on your computer, you're getting mm -hmm. hit up. You're getting calls, you're getting hit up. You're getting hit up in text. You're, all, this, all this stuff that's coming at you constantly, it's very difficult for many of you mentally and emotionally, let alone financially, to stay on target and stay on mission. And that is one of the main reasons that so many agents are failing because they're, beginning, they're given too many options and they don't discern which of those options are crap and which aren't. And this is really the heart of what, and when we were making these 15 points, we are thinking of you new agents. But I'll tell you what Julie and I did, especially after seeing that picture, frankly. <laughs> and you guys can see it on Instagram. Like I said, it's Tim and Julie Harris. Uh, that's our Instagram handle. You know, no big surprise there. Uh, but I was thinking when you and I were working on this concept for the shows this week, what would we have wanted to know when we got into real estate, right? Mm -hmm. And these are the 15 points. And well, you and I, will, I'm sure along, along, along the way here, we'll think of some other things to sure. add along to it. But that really is, at, at the end of the day, it's important that you understand real estate at the end of the, uh, at, at, I don't even want to say at the end of the day again, but really the bottom line is that it truly is a direct contact, uh, you know, people business. It's mm -hmm. the mindset of being of service. It's solving somebody else's problem. It's and yes, the marketing and the branding has a place. But if you don't start out with a, with your head screwed on straight, that your job is um, to help other people. In other words, it's a people helping business. If you think it's just about clicks or opt ins, or if you think it's about numbers, all those things have value. I'm not saying they don't, but really the dominant mindset has to be how can I help that person. When you have that mindset, everything else becomes easy. And furthermore you are less likely to make bad decisions about where you spend your time or where you spend your money. And as we go through these points, I want you to remember that. So um, let's just get to point number one. And yes. again, guys, these are 15 points that we've written that are specifically geared towards new agents. But in real reality, some of you are going to find yourselves um, maybe been in the business for a couple of years mm -hmm. and you really haven't launched. And maybe you're part-time and you want to get into real estate full-time. These points are still very relevant to you. So point number one is truly the most important point of all these points, in my opinion. I agree completely. That's why it's number one. Pick your broker wisely. Does your broker have stock awards, health insurance, daily education, and revenue share? It's costly to start with the wrong brokerage. Having to switch later costs you both time and money, and I should add lots of frustration as well. So choose wisely. It does matter. Well, we have coaching clients that come to us and they give us a list of the things that the brokers want to allow them to do right. to proactively lead generate. Yeah. And so there's a whole, uh, really, it's probably most brokers nowadays, mm -hmm. they have no idea how to proactively uh, no. lead generate. If Here's a little question for all of you guys. Ask your broker if they've actually proactively lead generated. Ask them, and you'll know the answer is most likely no, if they've only been in real estate since like 2007 or 2008, let alone even, you know, like 2009 or 10, because that's when Zillow and all these other companies started selling leads. So most agents, most humans, when they got into the industry, they didn't think, well, I need to do what I don't want to do and I don't want to do it at the highest level. So I'm just going to hit the easy button and buy business. And so that's what they've continued to do, even though it off, you know, essentially is the it's become oversaturated and they're not making any profit. That's really the punchline to all that. But if you find yourself with a broker who's never actually learned how to sell and proactively lead generate, the only thing they're really going to be able to do is tell you how to emulate what they did. And then you have to ask if you like the results that they got from doing what they did. And chances are you won't. Again, Julie just said it. 
does your broker offer stock awards? Does your broker offer health insurance? Does your broker offer you know daily education? Is there a revenue share widget? Does the broker within the brokerage allow you multiple ways to create streams of income other than doing a real estate transaction? If they don't, which most of them, well, really none of them do it, except for EXP Realty, you've got a problem and you need to make a decision about where you truly want to be in six months, 12 months, 12 years, because the time goes by faster than you can possibly imagine. And guys, if you make, again, it's Julie, explain to them like um, you were either talking to a pilot or reading something mm -hmm. where the pilot was talking about how uh, dangerous it is, even yes. to be one degree off. That's right. So what it's the compounding effect of steering, in this case, the plane, piloting the plane by being off by even one degree, because after you travel for 500 or 600 miles, that degree becomes you're off by about 200 miles away from the airport that you thought that you were actually pointed at. We actually had that happen, by the way, which was hilarious. <laughs> and a commercial airline, not 36 months ago, they landed at the wrong damn airport on accident. Yeah. Well, should it, we name the airline? Maybe we shouldn't. Well, what was the airline? It was Spirit. Yes, yeah. of course it was Spirit. I and always they, joke when I see them in the sky like they're up there wandering around looking for <laughs> looking where they're supposed to, to land. land. Yeah, you don't want to listen to the comms on the plane because it's just bad. Yeah. But, but the point is the same. The reason that the pilots were talking about that is that it's easy to, if you're on autopilot and you're not paying attention, it's real easy to not notice that you're off by one degree or two degrees until you do. Until you find out, oh, you're not allowed to do this and you're not allowed to do that. And this brokerage doesn't have an iBuyer type of widget like, say, EXP does with Express Offers. Maybe you don't know that until it's too late. And now you've paid for all of your signs and now you've got to switch and it costs you time, money and frustration. So choose your broker wisely. You and I were blessed to have chosen our broker wisely with Rory Averill. Yes. He was a great broker for totally. us. We started with Remax right the second we got a license. Mm -hmm. And we did interview a bunch of competing brokerages. And we chose Rory because of the fact that he actually was in the field doing the very work. much so. Yeah, he was. I'm sure he's still Top very producer. successful. But nowadays, if you can combine, you have to, you know, it's it goes back to really ultimately what your goals are. Some of you just want to be part time and just sell a house here and there. And still, even at that, why don't you sell a house here and there and get the other benefits that something like EXP offers with health insurance and all these other things? So, look, I don't want to make this podcast about uh, EXP, but I do want you to be very clear. The brokerage that you choose matters more than you possibly can imagine, because if you are off just by a degree or two as you're, you know, flying your plane through the sky, you could end up in Zimbabwe. Indeed. You, you know, you yeah. wanted to land in Ohio. And that's what happens to too many people. By the way, yes, Julie and I are associated with eXp Realty. And if you want to talk uh, with Julie and I about joining our eXp Realty group, you can just text me directly. So I want to be clear. Yes, Julie and I would love the honor of being your eXp Realty sponsors. You can text me directly at 512-758-0206. 512-758-0206. If you're ready to join eXp, Julie and I are formally applying for the job of being your sponsor. If you're just getting started, and you're just looking for some basic information on eXp, that's great too. Just text the letters eXp to 47372. Text the letters eXp to 47372. Remember, message and data rates may apply. But for those of you who are ready to join now and you're looking for a sponsor, we would love the opportunity to earn the right to be your sponsor at eXp. Text me directly on my phone. This is my cell phone. Don't call. Please text only. 512-758-0206. And remember, for those of you who do text EXP to 47372, message and data rates may apply. All right, Julie, point number two. Point number two, commit to earning while you learn 
and be learning all the time. You don't have to be perfect to be productive. You must take action from day one in order to build your skills quickly. The best people to role play with are actual prospects with actual homes to sell. I wish I had been writing a book when we got started about all the mistakes that we made and all of the things that we learned to say maybe a little bit differently or in a different order. But the fact of the matter is, while we were learning all of that, we were also selling a lot of houses. I, you know, I don't remember any of the mistakes we made because I think my <laughs> brain was pretty, exactly, but there were tons of them, but still sure. we ended up with over a hundred sales. Mm -hmm. And so what did we do despite all the mistakes and despite all the failing, we still kept at it. That's right. And we were not in a hot market. There's no, nope. we were in, at, I think, a, a neutral market really. Probably pretty balanced. And, yeah. You know, where you guys will, some of they you. They don't even know what that means. I know. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. I mean, where something sits in the market sometimes for three or four months. months. How about that? Not seconds, not minutes. <laughs> and you have to do price changes. And you have to talk to the sellers regularly. <laughs> That's right. Oh, no. Get, getting a listing contract is it's something you celebrate, but you also realize that it's a hell of a lot of work to get that house sold. It's not like what you guys have experienced in your careers. But the That's moral, true. But the moral of the story is that you need to be earning while you learn. Go to the door, talk to the for sale by owners, go and call up different people, say the things that are necessary to let the world know that you are in the real estate business and you're here to help. Know what to say, know how to say it. That's what coaching and training is all about. Don't wing it. Don't think somehow you're going to magically, you know, know what to say in the moment of uh, stress where a seller is asking a question like, why should I list with you? If you know what to say and you know how to say it, even if you're learning while you're essentially in building confidence while you're uh, trying to get the listing, that's still going to be about a thousand percent more than what other agents are doing. Most agents, especially nowadays, they never are proactive with lead generation. They're just mailing them or maybe they're trying to find them on social. If you are the agent that's going to go and actually be a proactive lead generator, you are going to get the lion's share of the business faster than you can possibly imagine. And I've said this in, you know, I said at one point, or rather I was trying to express, I think it's harder right now to be a new agent in the business because you have too many options. Mm -hmm. The flip side is that creates a lot of opportunities because what most agents are doing is are passive. That's true. So if you're going to be a pro, uh, proactive lead generator, while all your competitors and the competition is real, guys, there's only one person that's mm -hmm. going to take that listing. You know, there's only one person that's going to get that sale. So if all your competitors are running to the passive lead generation stuff and you're doing the proactive lead generation stuff, mm -hmm. you're going to win. When you and I were in the business, because there weren't so many options for passive lead generation, mm -hmm. we did have really good competition on the proactive. Absolutely. You know, when we would, when there was a new for sale by owner or there was um, anything, mm -hmm. any you know, notice default or any of the other, you know, we teach you guys, really, I'd say it's about 20 different sources of uh, lead generation we let you guys know about as part of the coaching program. But there's probably at the end of the day, you only really need to get good at maybe five or six of them, maybe seven. But of those five or six or seven, three of them, you're going to have a lot of competition. At least you used to. Nowadays, the competition's not so good because of the fact that most agents getting into the business aren't really learning how to be proactively generators. They're passive. That's the reason that you have to be a proactively generator. Go the direction that everyone else isn't going and you're going to find opportunity that they'll never see. That's a, the secret of being a skilled agent and learning while you earn. Absolutely true. So hopefully you guys are taking notes on this. Point number three, create your sphere of influence and expand it daily. So what is your sphere of influence? These are all the people that you already know. So use your smartphone contacts to create your database. Now, don't get mired in which database to use and which CRM or anything like that. Talk about real estate all the time with everyone. It, when you do your database, you can do something as easy as 
using Google to track it. There's many that are inexpensive or free, and eXp has its own. I was going to say, if you're an eXp agent, you get a CRM for free. It's part of a KV Core. So the move there is to not worry about which CRM you're going to buy. The move is to move over to eXp and get the free CRM that comes with being an agent Absolutely. there and save a whole bunch of money. Uh, but really, that what Julie's point here is really important. Is and I remember when you and I started building our centers of influence and past client list. Yep. Like we didn't have any really. No, we had to do it on purpose, just as they do. Nobody in their early twenties in Columbus, Ohio, in the nineties was buying or selling real estate, right? <laughs> no. So none of our peer group was even, um, you know, they weren't clients. No. And uh, so we had to go out and create all of our own, mm-hmm. and we weren't getting any from really any. No, no, anybody. We nope. had every single transaction we did, we had to generate ourselves. Especially the first few years, yes. Exactly. Now, eventually, centers of influence and past clients came our way. And eventually what happened, and it was amazing, I remember when we, you know, Julie and I used to dry erase board, keeping track of all of our business transactions. And yes, we had a CRM, but we still always put, just as we prescribed to you guys in the um, real estate treasure map, is that we did put everything on dry erase boards. But I remember when you and I would, uh, like, ev- at the end of every quarter, we would go and we would really tally up what the original source of the business mm-hmm. was, mm-hmm. which in itself was an interesting learning experience. Yes. Um, and then I remember the first year, it was 50% from centers of influence mm-hmm. and past clients. So it took mm-hmm. like three or four years for that to happen. Mm-hmm. It was sure. amazing, though. Yes. But I, you have to work it on purpose, which is the point of this point. But let me give them, let yeah. me just, that's, <clears throat> sure. I remember when you and I discovered this. Mm-hmm. You and I were going through all of our tr- uh, closed transactions and we were marking what the source of the business was. And I remember you and I sort of had the same epiphany at the you know exact same moment that we were not doing it correctly. Mm-hmm. Because what we were doing is at the time when we have a listing that it would sell, we'd put out a just sold card. And you guys might want to consider doing the same thing. Just sold cards in any market. Uh, if there's not a bunch of other agents doing mailers, can be very, very powerful. So we'd send out a sold card. And then sometimes we get uh, come list me. So people mm-hmm. saying they want us to come out and sold that neighbor's house yep. and whatever, whatever. But I, I remember clearly um, we were listening to, um, what was her name? The gal that used to work for us, the one, the gal that looked like Meg Ryan. Oh, Kelly. Kelly, yeah. yeah. So I remember Kelly was using our seller pre-qualification script with by that, by that time we were, you know, it was pretty polished. And she was going through the questions, but she wasn't really listening to what she was saying, let alone writing down. Yeah. And she asked the same question twice. And she said, why are you calling Tim and Julie? I don't remember the exact question. It was, why are you Tim and, calling Tim and Julie um, out to list your home or something along those lines? And she asked the question once, and they said postcard. So she wrote down postcard. And then she asked the question again, not realizing that she'd asked the question the first time, like in the exact same tone of voice. And the seller, and I remember being in the, our little tiny office watching this happen, said my neighbor down the way referred them to me. Mm-hmm. And i like, oh, man. So we have been thinking that the stuff that's been generating leads for us in the passive category, mm-hmm. because we're still doing proactive lead generation, mm-hmm. we'd started to you know, follow our own advice and right. had passive lead generation through postcards mm-hmm. and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But we didn't realize was that the passive lead generation stuff, until we really started drilling down and asking those secondary questions, was truly a waste of money. Yes. That was it. That's and, right. And it all came from the proactive lead generation centers mm-hmm. of influence and past clients. And over time, as our business matured, it became very obvious that's where it came from. Absolutely. And, and, and looking back, if there was one thing I would change, I would have done a lot more of that a lot faster. Heck yeah. And I see like all these agents that get into the business nowadays where they've normalized paying these ridiculous referral fees because they don't – I was on a call the other day. No, it was actually a um, – <laughs> so many different ways to talk with people nowadays – um, that we were talking about the referral fees that come from what was that reload company I told you about the big one Cardis Cardis yeah yeah 43% I know that's insane that's just to them right and if you have a if you're getting a Cardis referral 
If, and those almost always go to new agents because they're the only ones that are going to pay that kind of referral yep. fee. Most brokerages are then taking the agents and knocking their uh, commission splits down to 50-50. Mm-hmm. So you have the Carter's referral fee that comes at the top. Let's just call it 40%. Then the agent's getting 50% of what's left over. They might as well be working at Home Depot. Oh, it's terrible. And, you know, my head almost exploded one day when one of our premier agents said they had been talking to their office manager who said to them, Oh, you only want to be proactive until you can afford to buy leads. Right. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? So you want a profitable, says that? You want a profitable real estate business until you don't, basically. <laughs> until you can afford to blow it all, but right? That, but again, oh my this, gosh. this is the insanity. And the, totally. a lot of this stuff brewed up when you and I were selling real estate. We mm-hmm. see these referral fees come in, and now there's all these referral fee companies. Zillow's going to rumor to be, start charging 50% for their leads. This all is, they're playing into the fact that there's a huge generation of agents that have never learned how to build real businesses. They're always dependent. They're building their mansions on land that they don't own. That's the fallacy that most mm-hmm. of you guys are believing to be the only way forward with building your businesses. And it's crazy because you're going to spend all of your money, which would have gone to profit, chasing these referral sources. And all of, most of these ideas, guys, were not, uh, they have, um, I say, matured into something that's insidious. They didn't start out that way. No. Teams didn't start out uh, the way that they've evolved. Uh, referral fees did not start out the way it evolved. But people got, essentially, the business model started to degrade. Referral fee companies started to charge more. And we talk to teams all the time. And so for those of you who are new agents that are listening, the whole idea that your whole mission in real estate is to form a team, well, you need to make a decision. Is your uh, goal in real estate to form a team and then basically run an incredibly unprofitable business where oftentimes the agents working for you are making more profit themselves than you're making yourself. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's what has happening with most teams. They make no money. The people that take the risk uh, have the the least amount of profit. The same thing happens with brokerages too. They all follow the same trajectory. Why? Commission splits have gone up. Referrals, referral fees have gone up in many markets. Commissions, especially on the buyer side have gone away or have been reduced uh, dramatically. And yet here we are with these brokerages and these teams that are built on this deck of cards that as soon as interest rates go up, as soon as wind blows one way or the other, sales slow down, but all these brokerages and teams are stuck with the same ridiculous overhead and a bunch of unskilled agents who are going, that are, uh, have been raised to be dependent on um, not being, uh, basically being passive lead generators. Mm -hmm. That's right. Another reason to choose your broker wisely, by the way. So we can talk about EXPs, you know, they teach you how to proactively lead generate. It's baked in and they don't have all these offices everywhere to pay the overhead. EXP doesn't teach them to be proactively generators. We do. Yes. That's what we do in our that's coaching true. program. But they have that's the system you, set up so they can do it. That's what you meant to say, though. That Ultimately, yes. they're, you know, EXP with KV cores, that's, that's a passive lead generation system. But we will teach you guys how to be proactive lead generators. All right. So point number four, Julie. Point number four, understand what makes you money in real estate and spend 90% of your time in those activities. What are those? Note takers, take notes here. Proactive lead generation, furiously fast lead follow-up, pre-qualifying using a proven script, presenting, negotiating, and closing. The most important actions on this list are proactively lead generating because no leads, the rest of the list doesn't matter, following up immediately, pre-qualifying and presenting in such a way that you win the business. You can hire someone to process your transactions in today's market. Negotiating is pretty straightforward. So spend your days in lead generation. The rest of the list really can take care of itself. So let's really drill down on those things. Proactive lead generation, furiously fast lead follow-up, pre-qualifying, presenting, negotiating, and closing. So if you have to choose 
only a handful of things to be really good at. And you don't want to be that. That's it. You just want to become the best at a handful of things, which, by the way, is super smart. That is the absolute winner's way of approaching any business. Don't try to become great at everything. Choose what's going to get you the best bang for the buck, the best return on your investment of time, effort. Right. Number one, it's going to be proactively generation. Uh, become the best proactively generator that you can. That's 100%. If you become great at that, frankly, everything else you can be mediocre at, and you're still going to win. But if you become really good at being a, a proactively generator, you're great at furiously fast lead follow-up. Lead follow-up is your thing. You're great at generating leads. You're great at following up. You do those two things, 100% of the time, you're going to be 1,000% better than your competition. But if you add the third thing, pre-qualifying. So now you're able to generate your own leads. You're able to follow up really fast on leads you get. You're going to use a proven pre-qualification script and you're going to pull out of those leads that maybe show up as buyer leads and you're going to determine which ones of those are seller leads. In other words, you're learning how to pre-qualify and then you learn how to present. Guys, listen. Game to over. That's it. <laughs> game over. You've won the game. You've won. That's it. Seriously. You don't have to learn how to do anything at a high level more than that in real estate because as Julie just said, you can hire someone else to do all the rest of it. You can, use a, you can hire a transaction coordinator for $250 a transaction. You can delegate everything else uh, in your business as long as you become really good at proactive lead generation. But that's where most of you will fail because where most of you are going to uh, gravitate towards buying your leads. So if you fail at the first thing that you're not able to generate your own leads, you're never going to get good at the other things because you're never really going to have the opportunity to. Well, that's really true. If you fail at the lead generation part, you are secretly failing at the rest because if you don't have any leads, you'll never learn how to pre-qualify. You'll have nobody to present to, nothing to negotiate, and you're done. So the lead generation part really is huge. And I tell you, our most confident coaching clients, the ones that know that they could, you know, their spouse gets relocated for their job to wherever, they can just get licensed in that state and they can be off to the races immediately. These are the most confident agents and also not surprisingly, the most profitable agents, because when you're really great at proactive lead generation and you know you are, you've got that confidence, you've got the skill, and you know when you go on a presentation, you're going to take that listing. When you have that, it gives you wings. It gives you confidence. Well, you And it also gets you out of the buying leads game because you don't need to. It gets you out of the, oh my gosh, how many videos do I have to do a week game on the social media? Because you don't have to. Ulti it's optional. Ultimately, what it does though, it produces massive profit margins. And with that profit, you can reinvest it and you can become rich. That's this business model that we coach you guys towards. Is when you do your run your real estate business the way Julie and I prescribe to you, you're going to have margins of at least 50 or 60%. Let me define that since a lot of you are listening because you're new agents. Most agents nowadays, especially teams, well, here, I'll give you this one. This will really blow you away. Most brokerages are making less than 3% net profit before taxes, right? So if $10,000 comes in, you guys can do the math. They're not hardly making any money. One bad month, three bad months in a row, those brokerages go out of business. We've seen it happen. Julie and I have been through three downturns in the real estate cycle, and we're probably looking at another one within maybe two years. That's what it feels like to us. Mm -hmm. So that's something to keep in mind. Now, you form a team. Your margins are, are going to be eroded faster than you can possibly imagine. In other words, you're not going to make any profit. You're going to spend all of your money lead generating, all your money doing the branding, all your money and your time trying to train people who, by the way, are just eventually going to uh, leave and uh, be your competition anyway. Why would you bother making the same mistakes that generations of agents have made before you that have resulted in them failing out of the business? Your mission when you get into real estate is not to build a team. 
Now, some of you, you will go down that pathway and some of you will be very successful at it. Some of you don't have the, the, uh, the goal of building profitable businesses. By the way, if your average sale price is super high, that does change the calculus. But for a vast majority of you who average sale price is less than $400,000, what we're to, uh, telling you right now absolutely holds true. You have to have a very specific goal for yourself. Otherwise, you're going to be pursuing goals that other people set for you. For example, you're going to go to a brokerage. The brokerage is going to tell you, congratulations, Bob. You had a great first month or a great first year. Now you need to hire assistants. Now you need to hire staff. Now you need to start scaling up. Now you need to work on your brand. You need to work on your logo. You need to work on your mm -hmm. social networking. And where are all your videos? All of a sudden, because you didn't have your own uh, you know, plotting and planning in place. You didn't have an actual goal. You didn't actually have a specific goal, for example, of producing profit that, that was say 60 or 70%. And with that profit, you obviously cover your expenses, your personal expenses, and you pay your taxes, but there's enough left over that then you reinvest it. You start buying rental properties. As an example, if you don't actually have a specific goal in mind, create your own North Star, you're going to lose sight of, or you're never even really going to have direction because you're going to join a brokerage. The brokerage is going to pressure uh, you to form a team, do all this other nonsensical stuff. Why? Because they don't know any better because they never did it any different themselves, but also because the broker has an agenda that they want you to then start thinking that you need to add licensees under you so that you build your own team. If you're, for example, many, I'll not use a specific example, but I will give you an example. A lot of brokerages are, uh, especially franchises, they, uh, every agent, as you guys know, will pay, let's just set aside commission splits, call it what you will, but they'll pay two to $3,000 a year just to be associated with the franchise. So if you are an agent and you, you know, you're Bob and you have a great first year, and now people are putting all this pressure on you. You go to some events and some, you know, people are, you know, telling you, well, the next step in your evolution is to add staff members. Now you have to add buyers agents. What's the broker's motivation? Obviously they're going to get a piece of the commission that uh, comes in, but they're also going to get that two or $3,000 fee every year, whether anyone sells anything or not. Mm -hmm. They are giving you the hardest job in most brokerages, which is recruiting agents because they're putting you, uh, putting pressure on you to build teams. They do not care whether you are building a profitable team. They do not care if you have anything to show for your efforts at the end of the year, let alone the end of your career. And they know that statistically you'll probably fail anyway and they'll just have to replace you. And that's the thing that's happened in the industry in the past really 20 years. That's how it's become so insidious. And when Julie and I stumble across these coaches, like when you see a coach who's telling you guys to do these things, what the hell is their motivation? They're being hired by most likely the brokerage whose model is based on the idea that whether you make profit or not is not relevant. You just are supposed to be hiring licensees and churning transactions. You have to decide if that's what you want to be in alignment with. Why did you get your real estate license? Where, why are you getting your real estate license? Is it for a bunch of plaques and awards? Is it because you want recognition from strangers? Well, I mean, not to brag, but Julie and I had tons of that. And let me tell you, it was great when we first got it. It was overwhelming, but quickly, let's just, I'll just tell it doesn't them, pay your bills. I'll tell them a true story. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sure. So our first year in the business when I'm going to actually give them numbers. Okay. So our first year in the business, when we are in early twenties, we are not selling expensive real estate. We are in $297,500. Now that was back in the nineties. That was so a lot of houses too, that, by the way. That would have been, a, right. That would have been equivalent to probably about six, maybe $700,000 nowadays. I, yes. Now the next year we earned $484,000. You remember? Mm-hmm. Okay, the year after that, we earned $600,000. Mm -hmm. Now, that's our third year, thereabouts. Yes. Here's the thing. We made less profit 
uh, in our third year than we did in our first year. We made more actual net profit in our first year when we were still figuring it all out in the third year. So what happened between, how did we lose IQ points between year one and year three? I'll tell you how. We started to go to real estate events and started listening to the nonsensical bullshit that basically you guys are listening to as well, where people were telling us about branding and buying business. And that's what we did. And we also started to add buyer's agents and we started to build a team. We believed that that's what you're supposed to do in the business. Took out more office space, spent right. more money on ads. We, we did all of that. And we did it because we thought that's what you're supposed to uh, do as you build your business. Then Julie and I got invited. Oh, we became bigger deals and bigger deals and bigger deals. And then we got invited to these really, you know, invite only masterminds. And we went, we, our original mission when we got into real estate, and hopefully you guys are in alignment with this, uh, was to have enough rental properties that we'll, were paid off so that we could retire and live off the cash flow from our rental properties. We did eventually do that, but we could have done it a lot faster had we stayed on mission and not allowed that, you know, year one to year three, because um, we, in year, you know, four and five, we had to get back on track. Well, and, we started to steer the plane a few degrees off course. Exactly. And it took a while to recalibrate and get it back on track. And, we, and it did. It took like a year. We had to right-size staff. We had to set our egos aside. We had to go back doing the real work that we originally did. We had to stop listening to all the morons that told us things like, well, you only proactively lead generate until you don't have to, and then you buy leads. All None of the things you guys are hearing now are new ideas. They've been around for 30 years. All the stuff you have to, before you listen to it, before you apply it, you have to say, is the output of following that particular business model going to lead to me, uh, give me the results that I want in my life? Right. It, are, if you want a bunch of awards and plaques, if you want to walk around like a peacock where everybody thinks you're the greatest thing since sliced bread, there's billions of agents that are pursuant of that goal. Remember when Julie and I say you have to make a choice to be famous or to be rich. Which do you choose? You cannot choose both. I'll strongly suggest to you if you're uh, being drawn into wanting to be an influencer, being famous, you're going to pay for that by essentially sacrificing what would have been your profit and with that profit you reinvest it and become rich. So think about whether that's the path you want to go down. Some of you do, and that's fine. You know, we've coached the t uh, agents from Bravo TV. Mm -hmm. We've coached uh, the selling, you know, millionaires. Exactly. Yep. We've had all those people as clients over the years. And I can tell you to a person, most of them were zero skilled or low skilled, God bless them, and they came to us to learn how to actually sell because they realized that they were just puffery. They were just sending transactions through, not keeping any profit. No broker on the planet Earth is going to pull any, a top producing agent or even a moderately producing agent aside and say, so listen, Julie, mm -hmm. you know, you're doing great. Yep. You're the top agent in our marketplace and blah, 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 blah. And yeah. here's your stack of trophies. Mm -hmm. But I'm worried about your profit. <laughs> that said no one ever. <laughs> but isn't that hilarious to even think about that? I know. It's staggering. And it's sad that, you know, it should be required to get your real estate license that you understand some of this stuff. But instead, they license you up, turn you out into the real estate wild and start trying to sell you stuff, trying to spend money you haven't even earned yet. It's just crazy. And you guys get sucked into these vortexes and you're thinking, well, this must be what you're supposed to do when you're selling real estate. You set aside your own common sense. You set aside what you originally had as your particular goal to get into real estate in the first place. And like I said, what happens is you're starting to pursue goals that other people set for you, which by the way, if you decide to pursue those goals, you are actually in service to them, not to what is best for you. You know, it is kind of a funny thing. Imagine a broker who's going to say, okay, every month, Julie, we're going to review your profit and loss statement. Mm -hmm. If you're a broker that does that with your agents, I want to know your name because Julie and I want to recognize you. We Seriously. want to interview you. We want to interview you because yeah. that, I it's remember unusual. 
Okay, this was a podcast. Mm-hmm. This was maybe five years ago. Mm-hmm. I was interviewing, I'm not going to mention the franchise, but I'll say the city and people are going to figure out pretty quick. One of the original and largest franchises for this Austin-based real estate brokerage. Mm-hmm. And I was interviewing, I think this, his title was team lead or something, which basically makes it so that he's a recruiter yep. and has to babysit agents. And, you know, mm-hmm. basically running a brokerage is essentially like an adult daycare most days. For sure. So I remember I had him on the show and he was and it was one of my favorite podcasts to that at that point because he was telling the truth about reviewing agents profit and loss statements and he would tell them that they were basically not on the path to ever producing enough profit to really have a any sort of financial uh, security let alone abundance mm-hmm. and i thought that was um I thought that was amazing. Remarkable. Remarkable. Mm-hmm. But that isn't that the honest that that's the honest ethical moral thing to be doing as a, a leader in this industry. Well, it is what our coaches do with our clients all the time. Exactly. You know. Anyway. So well, the- so here's something interesting. I was running some math when I was thinking about this with our focus, of course, on new or newer agents or agents who have had failure to launch or just struggling with all of our points for this week. And I thought to myself, you know, I was going through some of their endless blessings of the way the market is right now. Yes, you know, finding houses is more challenging, but here's the thing. Your average sale price is crazy right now. And so I did some calculus. How many homes does it take for somebody to make 100000 their first year in real estate? Well, we're going to do another podcast series on that. Yes. But basically none. That's the answer. It, it's far fewer than what we had to do, yeah. right? And so Six or it's, seven. Yeah, it's... You know, I, I factored in paying some taxes and some expenses. So so maybe the most would be 10 to 12, okay, yeah. based on real numbers, the average with real average commissions and things like that. So why do you spend all of your time doing these double opt-in pages after watching a video and all this extra crap when you only need to find and close approximately a deal a month. This is what we teach you to be like Navy SEALs going in there, doing your proactive lead generation, identifying people who actually want your help, knowing the difference between somebody serious and not, using your pre-qualification, and then if and when you have to compete, which you will have to, making sure you're the one who wins, making sure that you are confident and competent and can close those deals. 10 to 12 a year to make that first 100 grand in real estate. And if you're in one of the coasts and your average sale price is around a million dollars and you know you want to earn say 150 or $250,000, adjust accordingly. So mor- the moral of the story is stop making this business so damn complicated. That's what I'm trying to say. Yes, and you're doing it quite effectively because it's not so complicated. This is the simplest, most elegant business. It does not matter what's going on geopolitically, does not matter what's going on the interest rates, who the president is, does not matter. Bec- you have at one point in your life anyway, you are, you decided that you want to get into real estate, you want to make real estate your personal and financial vehicle to create an alternative, you know, universe, a, a different future for yourself than you otherwise could have been. And then you get into industry and all of a sudden you lose half your IQ and you start <laughs> thinking you need to become a TikTok uh, star. I mean, what the hell are you thinking? <laughs> this business is so simple and elegant. Proactively generate, uh, pre-qualify, get really, really good at that stuff. Become really effective having communication conversations with people. It's the same thing over and over again. It's not difficult. There are so many sellers out there in this market, and we're going to be coming up with waves of sellers, millions of sellers over just the next five years. How do I know that? There were 6 million home sales last year. That means there were roughly 12 million real estate transactions. That doesn't include new construction. Multiply that times five years. 100 million something. Plenty. 
I mean, it's ridiculous. Plenty. Trillions of dollars in commissions. Mm -hmm. There's not scarcity of anything other than your willingness to do what you don't want to do and you don't want to do at the highest level, other than your willingness to learn the skill set. Let everyone else swim up the river of scarcity. You don't have to do that. You don't have to go the direction that they're going. If you're finding your business model is not working anymore, or at least not working as you were sold it would work, change direction before it's too late. That's what coaching is all about. That's why so many agents join our coaching program. And we'd love to have you consider hiring us for the job of being your real estate coaches. It is our life's mission. The easiest way for you to join is just text the word PREMIER to 47372. Text the word PREMIER to 47372. And when you do, it will text you back a link. And with that link, you can then click on it, obviously, and become a PREMIER coaching client for around $100 a month, depending on which pathway you choose. This will entitle you to a daily semi-private coaching call with one of our new member coaches, and we hold nothing back. This is the complete system. We've been talking about the pre-qualification pre script, the proactive lead generation, the listing presentation, every single aspect of building your business, but also how to get into luxury, how to get into distressed real estate, how to work with notice to defaults, how to work with just every different facet of the business, that you, probate listings. Everything you can imagine, we teach you how to do it. That's what Premier Coaching is. It is our life's work. It is. And by the way, all of our coaches are proactive lead generators. Yep. All of them have been trained by us. All of them are actively working in the same exact market that you guys are working in. I do. I love watching those Facebook Live sessions because one of the things that's cool about that being every weekday is our coaches are from different areas of the country and have, you know, most of them are brokers. They've got you know, a vast amount of experience, but they get a variety of perspective and they can get daily education. They're going to learn from each other's questions. They're going to take their, we have a, a section where we do challenges and victories. It's really fun to be amongst people who are like-minded and going after similar goals as you. You're talking about our private Facebook community, yes. basically for members mm -hmm. only. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really uh, refreshing. Um, you know, I always love to save somebody from the you know, pathway that they're on with making bad decisions about all this passively generation, mm -hmm. you know, blunders that, you know, generations of agents have made. But I have to tell you the stories, <laughs> I shouldn't say this because our experienced agents will get mad at me, but I'm still going to say it. The stories that make me the happiest are the new agents that get into the business, never get off course with what their original yeah. mission is, and they experience success really quickly because mm -hmm. they do what we ask them to do. And then they're like, why the hell? They have all these like little epiphanies like, why is everyone else struggling? Why is everyone talking about there's not enough this or not enough the other thing? Why is everyone spending so much time on you know YouTube or TikTok? Why is all this going on where I could just you know proactively go after the business? There has never been and never will be a human who does not base their uh, success on proactive lead generation in any business, not just a sales business like real estate, but any business. If you stop being a proactive lead generator and you start being dependent on all these other sources, you will go out of business eventually because the cost to generate the leads will go through the roof. I want you guys to consider that. Build your mansion on land you own. The land you own is your skill set. It is your mindset. And eventually, guess what? It is also the fact that you have become rich where your money works for you and you no longer work for your money. The mansion itself that too is your skill set, but it's also the approach you take to business in your personal life. So guys, we're going to pick up where we left off uh, today, tomorrow. Hopefully you're enjoying this series. Continue to keep this the number one listen to daily podcast for real estate professionals in at least the United States. We have hundreds of thousands of you that are listening to us on a regular basis. We sincerely appreciate the pleasure and honor of being your real estate coaches. Um, if you guys are ready to join the XP, feel free to text me directly 
at 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. For the rest of you, do not procrastinate any longer. Make sure you stay on the course that you originally set for yourself. If you've not actually set the direction for yourself, if you don't know which runway, let alone which airport you want to land at, that's the reason you need to hire a coach. Please text the word Premier to 47372. Text the word Premier to 47372. Remember, message and data rates may apply. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.